the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. This is I on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of I on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. I'm Dottie Herman. Welcome to Iron Real Estate. As you most likely know, real estate market all across the country is hot, extremely hot, and it's out of control. Okay? It's crazy. And we're here to help you deal with that market, whether you're a buyer, you're a seller, you need financing, whatever it is. It is really a crazy market and very hard to act to really access it and really get to get your deal in. So we're going to talk about how to get your offer in, and there's multiple offers, and how to get your financing and how to put yourself in the best light because there's such little supply and there's so many buyers that it's if you love a house, you have to be really ready to go um, and have everything in order. Otherwise, you're never going to have a shot. By the way, you can always call us at 866 970 Okay, we're here and we'll take any questions. That's 866-970-9622. We will be joined at the beginning of our second hour um, by the show's legal expert, attorney Stephen Ebert, a partner at the prestigious real estate firm Casson and Casson, and he's here to fill us in on the latest legal developments in business and real estate. If you have any questions, again, you can call 866-970-9622. Iron Real Estate is sponsored by Citizens Bank, a place to go for mortgage refinancing or any of your financial needs, okay? And their website is citizensbank.com, or you can call them at 800-922-9999. And now it's my pleasure to introduce my longtime co-host for the first hour of the show, the Senior Vice President and Director of Strategic strategic sales at Citizens Bank, my friend and colleague, Ace Wanasupar. Good morning, Ace. Good morning, Dottie. What's doing? I'm still, you know, in that sunny Florida, and I know you're in New York still. What's going on there? I heard it's cold. Yeah, it's, but maybe um, it's, I am jealous that you are in sunny Florida. Hopefully you, you don't you don't tell us what the temperature is um, over there because it is cold, rainy. Um, you know, but it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. You know, hopefully it'll be warm soon in New York, but um, how's it over there, Dottie? Where, where, well, where are you now in Florida? In, in... Yeah, it's chill. I'm actually, uh, yes, I'm in Florida. I actually, uh, actually in a Douglas Sullivan office right at the moment. And I, it's chilly for Florida. I mean, you know, I think it was a couple, it's like been 40, 50, 60, 
uh, chilly, not not warm, but hey, listen, that's fine for me. Yeah. Okay, I'm not a fan of the cold. I like, I always say, look, I would be happy if we had one month of winter, like the month of December or, you know, one month. You know, 30 days and we can have a little snow because I like a little snow. A little snow, celebrate Christmas. Yeah, just. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree, Dottie. I I think, yeah. (laughs) Right? That would be perfect. And and then, you know, you don't have to get to the doldrums in February and all of that. So, you know, I think one month would be fine if they're just thinking of changing it. Um, you know that this show is going to be where uh, I think there's a game at 1130. So we're going to be have a shorter show today. We we'll end at 1130. Just want to give you a heads up. And, you know, you can listen to us live at WWAM 970, The Answer. Um, and then you can click where it says listen live. And you can get my latest newsletter at www.dottieherman.com. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at, at Dottie Herman. Just put in my name, and it's there. Um, Ace, and they can find, you can also do a Facebook Live, and you can do our business page on Ion Real Estate. And Ace, I know you have a lot of people calling in, writing in to you. You want to give them your uh, info? Yeah, um, folks can contact me at ace.w at citizensbank.com or just go into my Instagram page at ace.watanasupark. And, um, you know, look, Dottie, we've been doing this for over 10 years now, (laughs) and I just want to thank all of our listeners for continually listening to our show, Um, really, you know, just contacting us and just creating that that sense of community, right? Um, I can't tell you how, how important it is for us to hear from you guys, get emails, you know, ask your questions. And I, I think this show, the reason why, you know, you created it, Dottie, is to just create such a special community. And, and I feel so grateful to be on the show every single week with you, Dottie, and just be able to share, you know, the latest trends, things that folks should be looking for when when buying real estate. And I think it's, I think it's important because it, there are so many evolving sort of changing um, trends in the marketplace that you just want to be up to date and really just be knowledgeable uh, when looking at real estate as a whole. So love this show. Love, so love true. the audience. So true. And I, I couldn't share your, I could share your sentiments of love doing the show. And again, you really, I think I tell you, if you don't love something and you're not passionate about it, it's really hard to really do it and want to do it and be good at it. And, totally passionate about you we've created a great audience we love hearing from you um and we love our sense of community and i'm all about community family and i always learn from people i learn from people in different uh different different types of businesses different uh, companies different real estate companies i learn and i am an avid person i'm believing that you always have to continue learning and when you stop learning, then you're out of the game, okay? And there's such intricacy in the real estate business between the financing and in the market that we're in now, which is very little inventory and tons and tons of buyers. It's very hard to navigate that. 
the financing piece. There's so many opportunities that people don't even know about. I was telling someone the other day, and I know we've said it on our show a million times. I said, you know something? As long as you have good credit, you could even, if the house is under a certain price, put 3 to 5% down. I mean, there's so many little things. And remember this, knowledge is power. Now, as a sidekick, whether you're buying or you're selling or you have a relative or children, everyone loves to hear about real estate. I, I, Whatever I go, that you know, that's the first thing. What's, what's doing? You think I should buy? Do you think I should sell? Do you think I should do this? And everyone likes hearing about it. And Ace, I couldn't tell you. How, how many real estate shows do you think there are now? There's millions. Oh, there's so many shows, podcasts. And, and Dottie, you're so right. It's like today's coffee talk, right? If you meet with someone... And you're just, you know, talking about the news and things of that nature. I, I think nine out of ten times real estate comes up, whether you're looking to buy a home, you're talking about, you know, whether there's inventory. There's just so much to be talking about when it comes to real estate. You know, even even the metaverse now with folks purchasing virtual real estate. It, it, it's a very oh. interesting topic. And I think, Ace. you know, millennials are. Yeah, go ahead, Dottie. No, I said, Ace, for another day, we could spend I could spend 20 hours on it. And I'm learning. Hours, and, yeah. yeah. I, went on, I went on LinkedIn and I put something. I did a newsletter on it. And I said, you know, I'm learning. I'm learning, but it's fascinating. And the metaverse is basically, I guess, a virtual w- world that's really a game, if you want to call it that, where you can buy and you can do a million things. But anyhow, all these people were writing to me. So, you know, we will, Ace and I will start to get you familiar with it as we go on because it's something that is risky. I, I, I always tell people don't I don't think anyone should invest in it unless they really speak to an attorney or accountant. But it's really fascinating. Okay? Really fascinating. It's, Definitely. And things are moving so quickly. So quickly. By the way, Ace, do you realize that there were 30 contracts signed for homes asking $4 million or more in the in, in last week. Okay. Wow. That uh, is staggering. Daddy. I'm not surprised of those numbers at all, but it's staggering. It's staggering. That's great. The f- total sales volume was $246 million, which included contracts for 18 condos, eight co-ops, four townhouses, a $17 million uh, uh, Property in Flatiron District, which is a full floor condo, went for seventeen million. Okay, I mean, I listened and listened and listened to all the people tell me that it's not coming back. It's never it, New York. Forget about it. It was devastated. We were hit by that virus very badly. Everyone left. But let me tell you something, and I see with all the people that I know. As much as everyone would like to get away, not, you know, I don't even think it's a virus so much anymore. I think that's calming down. But that was the initial splurge where people like to get away just for warmer weather sometimes. No matter where you go, if you're a New Yorker, there's no place like New York. you got to come back. <laughs> okay? So we're seeing it. And we're seeing that in sales and rentals. Uh, Rentals are like off the wall, okay? Uh, they are just going on and on and on. Rents recovered to pre-pandemic levels a while ago, 
And the price for a one-bedroom hit, almost $4,000, up 12.7% from a year earlier. But that's Douglas Elliman's rental uh, market report. It was the steepest annual jump, okay, in God knows how many years. I mean, it really, the, the rents, now last year they were, you know, making concessions because they, you know, saying, oh, it's not going to come back. So all I'm telling you is, unless you're God, no one really knows sure about anything. There's not a 100% guarantee on anything. So you try to listen to a lot of people's points of view, listen to shows like this, read, and then kind of make your own uh, opinion. Brooklyn said that the demand has fueled Brooklyn markets from Greenpoint to, to Williamsburg and Park Slope. Um, everything from luxury rentals to four-bedroom shares, everything is hot. They said, uh, somebody from Brooklyn told me that last week one of their clients bid on a rental, $500 over the $6,000 listing price for an apartment. So they're even bidding wow. over on rentals. Wow. It's just amazing, amazing. You know, and the market, um, office market's picking up. You know, it's got a ways to go, but that's picking up. So I got to tell New York, congratulations, you're doing a super job, but Ace, no, I, we've never doubted, doubted you. We put our money on New York. Never, never, okay. Dottie. I, we, we continue to buy. Um, I think what you're saying is so true, Dottie. 12% increases in, in rental uh, prices, and, and you're seeing that with real estate as well. Um, it's a 20% increase last year's prices, and, you know, it's, it's supply and demand is really driving that sort of um, demand because there's such low inventory, Dottie, and, it's just amazing to see real estate come back in, in such a great way in such a short period of time. It's, uh, Ace, it's, it's, it's quite, I've been it's in the quite unbelievable. Yeah. I've been in business a long time. I've never seen a market like this. Never. I've never seen a market like it's, this either, Dottie. So. <laughs> never. So what, what, with the mortgage, you know, with your financing, um, do you have any tips for people or, or what they should be doing when it comes to financing to be competitive? Or in some cases, you know, they might not think they have enough money. What should people be doing these days? You know, Dottie, that's a great question. With mortgage rates rising, um, at such a, it's, it's, rise, it's risen quite a bit in the last two to three weeks, uh, which has really given folks a little bit of concern, right? Uh, rates are currently at around the 4% range. We were in the 3% range for quite some time all of last year, 3.5%. And now we're looking at rates on a 30-year fixed rate, right around 4%. So folks are getting, you know, uh, there's a little bit of, of a re reality check here where if you're looking to buy, um, they're realizing that rates aren't going to stay as low for such a long time um, forward, right? So some things to really think about as you're looking to purchase in this type of environment where inventory is low as well and mortgage rates are rising, you just want to put yourself in the best position um, to be able to, to compete. And uh, whether that's getting a pre-approval, speak with a loan officer ahead of time, working on your credit score, there's a lot of different ways, Dottie, that folks can really get themselves prepared. But the best thing to do is really starting the process early. I can't emphasize enough week after week on this show. If you're looking to buy or if you're just in the marketplace to, to purchase, folks are – I've been working with clients, Dottie, that have been probably searching for about a year. 
So it's it's not like when you're it's not it's not an environment where if you like a property you're you're the only bidder, right? Um, I think we're starting to hear and see so many folks going to open houses because of inventory and. You know, just this past weekend, I was at, a, at an open house yesterday on Friday, and uh, the realtor had about 42 people um, at the open house. And, you know, it was only from about 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., Dottie. And I can tell you wow. there were just so many, so many folks outside of the apartment. And, and, and when you're a buyer and you see all those folks, you, you know, it plays a little bit of psychological warfare on you because – you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe these many people are looking at the same apartments that I am. So it really, really is important for you to sort of separate yourself from everyone else, whether it's working on putting a little bit more on the down payment to show uh, more security or, you know, just working on your credit score and be able to, being able to leverage different product sets that the bank has to offer for you to just show the seller that you're in good financial standing, right, Dottie? So... Um, there's a lot. There's right. a lot and going on sure, in, in marketplace. And and make sure that you're working with a good broker because where there's so yeah. many offers. And you know, if you're a real estate agent now, believe me, it's very tough on them. It, there's a million offers on everything because there's such a shortage, and they have all these offers. And so you know, they're looking at them, and of course, they they present them uh, to the seller. You have to, you know. Every MLS and, and area does it differently. I know if you're on Long Island, you have to show a receipt that you told the seller. Every Everyone goes a little different, but they have to present all offers to the seller. And that can be very tricky, as you know, Ace, because there's all different ways that your brokers can do when they get multiple offers. Like some of them can say, oh, well, we're going to, take all here all the offers and we're just going to pick the highest one with the best terms or they can have a bidding war all right and they can try to yeah. get people up okay and, and and then you know how much should you go up should you go up well first of all and I, Ace, I tell the sellers before you ever look at a number look at their credit and look at their down payment and look at all of that because price is not everything. If they offer you $100,000 more than your price and they can't get a mortgage, you're going to be out of luck. So look at that. And then I think Ace, you're telling people, you know, the less contingencies you have, the less reason you can get out of a deal, the better your offer will stand out. So obviously all cash is the best. Definitely. And if you can't do all cash and you have Ace, but what about people yeah, yeah. that have a mortgage, they get a mortgage afterwards. They use their cash and then they get a mortgage afterwards. And maybe uh a lot of people do that. This way they can be competitive in their offer. Oh, that's a strategy that a lot of people are, are, are using to be competitive, right, Dottie? Um so if you have the cash yes. but you're like, wait a minute, I don't want to put all my cash into into one asset class. What you can do is offer cash just to be competitive, stand out from the crowd, and then literally the same day you can actually refinance and um, get get back maybe 80% of the cash that you, that you put into the, into the transaction, right? It's called a technical refinance or delay financing. So just make sure that if that's something that 
you're thinking about doing, um, just mention delayed financing or technical refinance to any bank, and they'll be able to help you out for sure. So that's a great point that you just that you just pointed out to, to the audience, Dottie. Well, a bit, and we'll continue giving you tips on how to be compete in this competitive real estate market. If you love Broadway, movies, and music, then tune into Broadway at the Russian Tea Room, Sunday afternoons at 5. Host Rob Taub interviews the biggest stars, writers, and directors, plus film and theater critics, along with people behind the scenes, from doctors and fitness experts to casting directors, stagehands, and dressers. It's the only show of its kind, and it's right here on AM 970, The Answer. River Spring Residences is an assisted living community in Riverdale, just minutes from Manhattan. River Spring offers breathtaking views of the Hudson River, gourmet meals, and top-of-the-line security and medical staff. River Spring is the right amount of support your loved ones need. Assisted joy, assisted comfort, assisted friendship, assisted community, and yes, assisted independence. River Spring Residences. The people you love will love it here. Call 833-56-RIVER. That's 833-56-RIVER. Or visit riverspringresidences.org. ReliefFactor.com, 800-500-8384. Relief Factor was developed by doctors. I met uh, the chief architect, a very remarkable man, actually. And he's uh, dedicated to reducing human pain. It's a pretty good, uh, pretty good goal. It works. And if it doesn't work, you'll know it within three weeks. That's what they tell you. So they give you a special cheap price for three weeks, $19.95. So if you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or just getting older, you should order the three-week quick start discounted to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you. It has for about 70% of the half million people who've tried it, and they've ordered more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF, the number 4-RELIEF, to find out about this offer. Feel the difference. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. There's a new primetime host on Fox News Channel at 7 p.m. Eastern. What does Tucker Carlson think about him? He knows you. He knows what you care about. Laura Ingram. This job is not for the faint of heart. Sean Hannity. When he's grown up here. He connects with people on a different level. Jesse Waters. Are you ready? It's going to be a wild ride. I guarantee it. Jesse Waters is in primetime. 
Because common sense makes sense. Weeknights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Remember how 15 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, I used all those savings to buy that golf club that swings for you. But now everyone who plays golf is really good because, you know, the club swings for you in, in the future, which is now. So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. And we are here with Ace Water Toothpart, my co-host, and we were talking about today's competitive real estate market and how do you compete in it. And Ace was also giving you tips if you haven't saved up enough money, some of the things you can do. And so let's continue with any more tips you want to give people as far as the down payment. I mean, do you do you need no. 20% or can you put less yeah. down? So in terms of down payment, there's so many different products that you can actually put as little as 5% down and borrow up to 850000 um, So basically, there's there's a lot of different ways. Also, in regards to down payment, you can also get a gift, Dottie. So a lot of folks, you know, just like what you said, they think they have to accumulate 20% down or save up up to 20% down, and that's just not true. You could actually, you know, go to the bank of mom and dad, get a um, gift from them, or a relative, and you can also put as little as 5%, even 3.5% down for an FHA um, loan. But, you know, it, it's, it's really dependent on your credit score, what you can afford, your ability to repay. So there's a lot of different factors. But, um, you know, one thing that, that folks should really think about, too, in this environment, Dottie, that I wanted to kind of discuss with you is we haven't heard about this for a while, which are foreclosures coming into the marketplace there was a moratorium Uh. in suspending foreclosures for the last two years. And although it's still not at the levels where it was pre-pandemic times, you know, there has been an increase about 4,784 U.S. properties were repossessed. And in January of 2022, um, there was an uptick of 57% from last month and about 235% from last year. What does that mean for folks that are that are looking for um, homes that um, may may be more of in their price range? Just know that there will be a little bit more homes coming into the inventory where there's foreclosures, and now with the moratorium being lifted, there could be more homes coming into the marketplace. Not as much as pre-pandemic levels, still seventy percent less than pre-pandemic, but just keep that in mind as you're shopping and as you're looking for homes that there could be. Um, a pool of foreclosures coming into the marketplace as well, Dottie. So just wanted to just you know, make our, our listeners aware because we haven't been, been hearing about foreclosures for quite some time. No, we haven't. But let me just give you a little bit of my experience with foreclosures. And I've been in the business a lot of years. When people hear the word foreclosure, their thoughts are, gee, I'm going to steal something. I'm going to get it for so cheap and half the price. Well, Hey, 
I don't see that as often. That you know, I'm, look, anything's possible, but usually that's not really what happens because if it gets foreclosed and is taken over by the bank, when it becomes a bank property, then the bank sets the price. And every time we've had foreclosures, and I've had to negotiate with the bank because now the bank takes over that property. They haven't been very easy. I mean, they want to get a good price. They don't just give it away. Okay. So you have to know pricing and you have to know how to bid. And uh, yeah. and now if you if you get a person before they have a foreclosure, like pre-foreclosure, where they're, they're running out of money, but hey, Ace, how long? The bank doesn't foreclose on you in one day. You could be in foreclosure a lot of months before the bank actually forecloses on you and takes over the property. So in that period oh, that, of time, that's a good time, yeah, right? It'll, it'll, it'll take up to a year, maybe even two years, Dottie. And what you're referencing is a short sale, which is before the foreclosure. But before we, before we even discuss short sales, Dottie, you're so right in terms of foreclosures because a lot of times you're purchasing it as is. So you really need to do your homework. There could be tax liens that you don't know about. And, you know, the the current owner could have taken out a mortgage that was really, really high in terms of maybe 90% uh, financing. And you may not be getting the best deal um, that you think you're getting. But just know um, that there could be more foreclosures coming to the marketplace. What Dottie's talking about, and there are brokers that really specialize in this, Dottie, which are short sales, right? They're negotiating with the banks prior yes. to the uh, the the um the owner going to foreclosure, and a lot of times these short sales they'll they'll fly by within a day or so once once the realtor you know starts to um, communicate that out to their network. So there are specialized brokers that just work on short sales. So that could be another route um, with this such competitive marketplace that you just want to inquire. For sure. I just want to add a, a couple of things. This is work. All right. It's work. Today's market for the for everyone, for the sellers, for the buyers. I mean, it's great for the sellers, but you have to make good choices. The real estate brokers, I feel bad for them. They're in and with offers. Okay. Now we had talked about a low putting a low down payment, but I have to tell you, if you're gonna be in a bidding war and you have a very little little down payment that's not probably going to be uh, a plus in your favor all right so you might have to look for something that's kind of on the market a long time or uh, maybe and you know I've seen this happen I not, I don't say it's every day but I've just seen sometimes the seller will relate to a buyer and feel you know this buyer I want them to be in my home and sometimes we'll take a little bit less of an offer but you know, you have to look at the area. If the area warrants that most people can get, are taking, it's, it's a less expensive area and people don't have the money to put a large down payment, you, you probably could try getting that. But you to be competitive, first of all, your credit, which we say every week, has to be tip-top. And you need to do that with ACE and someone at Citizens Bank well before you even look. Now, I was reading an article, Ace, and it was saying, uh, you know, I, I, I wish I would have brought it with me, but it said all these people that, oh, that you know, were, they were in bidding wars and they bid up, you know, it's like, you know, that 
Well, I want to win. I want to win. I want to get that home. I want to get that. I want to win the bid. And they probably said now they really paid more than their budget, uh, more than they really had to spend. I mean, and so now they're a little bit choking. So what would you say um, someone should look at? Like, is there a rule of thumb on how much somebody should put that? I mean, how much somebody should spend of their income? Dottie, that's such a great question. And, and a lot of times my, my number one quote to folks is don't chase, right? If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Know your, know your maximum limits and just set that maximum limit. I know it can get so emotional. And when you're looking at um, and you're speaking with a realtor and you're looking at the property and you love the property, sometimes your emotions get in, get the better of of yourself and and you just, you're going to put yourself in such a bad predicament. So just know what your maximum sort of debt to income that you can really feel comfortable um, going in and, and really having a monthly payment budget that, that you feel that won't put you in such a strenuous situation. So Dottie, the rule of thumb is for our listeners, if you're making a certain income, you want to make sure that your monthly housing expense doesn't exceed 40%, right? If you're on the cusp of right around 38%, that's, that's quite high. And I know a lot of folks are, are extending themselves in today's marketplace, but you, you definitely don't want to exceed 40% of your overall income. I would even say stay right around the 35, 34%, and you'll be in good shape, right, Dottie? So just remember that, you know, although prices seem to be skyrocketing, there are certain there there's something to be said about being patient and just not chasing after the the property right because you just don't want to put yourself in a position where if something goes wrong you know god forbid you know you're not able to pay for the mortgage so just make sure that you have enough buffer enough room in there where you feel comfortable um going the extra sort of 10% on the sale price but just make sure that it's within your means right Dottie says so that's such great advice it's happening more and more yeah. every single day because because of these bidding wars. So just be be cognizant of that. And know your limits, okay? Because know your limits. it's kind of like an auction. You can get carried away uh, because you want to win. So you have to have a cutoff that you know, this is my cutoff, and if I walk away and I even lose, there'll be, an, there'll be something else. You just have to, as I said, and he said, be patient. Uh, we'll be back and we'll continue to talk about this and some other tips in getting a home today.
Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. You don't want to miss what's in store for you at Harrah's Resort in Atlantic City. It's the 7th Annual 21st Century Drug and Violence Prevention Training Conference put on by LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs. As a community, let's come together as one and help develop our youth into leaders of tomorrow. LEAD partners, law enforcement agencies with our educators, community leaders, families to create programs that deter youth and adults from drug use, drug-related crimes, bullying, and violence. They are committed to reinforcing the mutual respect, goodwill, and relations between law enforcement and their communities. Exactly what this country needs. Registration is available for the three-day conference at Harrah's Resort in Atlantic City, March 20th through the 22nd. Sign up at leaddrugs.org. That's lead, L-E-A-D, drugs.org. Help bring law enforcement and our community together during these difficult times. Sign up for the 7th Annual Lead Conference today. Exergen would like you to know about an important new study by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has always known. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate, and they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy and labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure. Be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at Exergen.com. Holland Christian Home, a place for your aging loved one. Here's Jack sharing why he chose to live at Holland Christian Home. My name is Jack. I'm 82 years old. I lived in Clifton, New Jersey. I was a teacher for 38 years. About five or six years ago, I decided I needed to get into a continuing care retirement community. My priority is what care I will get when and if I need it. And the Holland Christian Home is the only place that I looked at where all of the nurses and aides are in in-house. All other facilities, you must go to an outside agency and cost you a lot more money to hire aides if, in fact, you need it to get up in the morning and to go to bed at night. From independent living and beyond, feel at home and love. Call Charlotte. She'll show you around. 973-807-3245 or hchnj.org. That's hchnj.org. Holland Christian Home. 973-807-3245. Ask for Charlotte. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Aired by the New York State Broadcasters Association and this station. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Want more AM970 The Answer? Take us on the go with our Listen Live feature at am970theanswer.com or download our AM970 The Answer app today. Just go to the iPhone App Store or Google Play Store and search AM970 The Answer. Don't miss Seton Hall basketball tonight on AM970 The Answer as the Pirates host the DePaul Blue Demons at The Rock. This is Dave Popkin. Join me along with Gary Cohen for all the action. 7.50 for the pregame show, 8 o'clock for the opening tip. Seton Hall Pirates Big East Basketball is on AM 970. The answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. 
you're listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm here with my co-host, Ace One Two Pop, and we're just giving you the new rules of buying and selling today to, in this red-hot market, how you can succeed. So let me kind of sum this all up for you. Um, one, the old rule. This is the old rule. Was find your dream home, then finalize your mortgage and paperwork. That's the old rule. The new rule, like Ace has told you, lock in a mortgage before you start your search. In the past, getting a pre-approved for a loan was something you could think about after you found the house. Now, uh-uh. You have to do it before you make the offer, as Ace tells you every week. You should be pre-approved by the lender and knowledgeable about your finances before you even begin to search for your home. Okay, if you wait to see, for you to see a home you like, it will be too late. Okay, so you need to do that before. Number two, old rule. Shop for homes you can afford. Now, the new rule, and again, shop for homes priced below what you can afford because you're probably going to have to bid up. Uh, once you have a pre-approval in hand, that's the amount that they use to set your budget when shopping for homes. And again, this is general. Everyone's situation is different. But also, when you make an offer, remember something. It's all how you want to live. Like, if you want to give up going out, eating and having dinners out and socializing and the ballet lessons or the tap lessons for your music lessons for your kids, you got to kind of think about how much are you willing to give up to extend to that higher price, okay? So make sure that you are thoroughly ready to have a number that you cut off and know what you could afford. And not only what you could afford, because sometimes you can afford it, but you're comfortable in spending, so I think you do it backwards. Look at how much you're willing to spend every month for payments and see what type of mortgage that brings in. Old rule. Take a property tour, then a day or two, uh, take a day or two to decide whether to make an offer. Uh-uh, not doesn't work today. New rule, rule, if you love that property, you better act fast, okay? You better just go right away and again, not to say that you want to feel pressured, okay? But again, it's really good to know the market beforehand. As I tell you every week, go to open houses, look up all the different prices of things that are on the market, things that sold, so that you, when you see something you like, you know. Plus, you have a good broker who also gives you the, you know, the numbers, and you know it's a good, and you act fast, and you had all your paperwork done, so you can. Old rule. Offer below asking price and wait for the seller to counter, give a counter. New rule, put your biggest number out forth from the start, okay? Don't try to go under and say, I hope I can get it. Let me see if he'll negotiate. In today's market, put your best number out first with inventory so low. Um, you really can't do that if you want to win. As a result, buyer needs to put together strong offers to stand out in the crowd. And if your offer is a little off, make sure the credit part of it, the part that Ace tells you that you have a pre-approval, okay? And maybe, again, we, we'll talk about that at some other time, and it's an opinion. Some people say take all the contingencies out, which means, like, no inspection and, 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 and things of that nature, Again, a matter of opinion, I don't recommend it, but some people are doing it, okay? Because you think they just say, I don't care at all costs. And as long as you know that and you know what that entails, 
Okay, that's why you have to be knowledgeable when you're making an offer. Old rule, expect to buy a home after submitting one or two offers. New rule, it will probably take multiple tries before you succeed. So sometimes you're going to lose. It's a very competitive market, as we said, and you're not. But at the end of the day, if you lose a bidding war and you don't get the house, they choose somebody else or the property, there'll be others. But you have to stay on top of the market. And uh, I remember many years I would tell sellers, listen, if I call you and I tell you there's something that I think you're going to love, even if you end up not loving it, don't wait a week. you got to come and see it right away. You know, Ace, you probably know some people are buying it without even seeing it. They're going online because of the virtual tours and just making offers without even seeing them. Oh, Dottie, if the numbers make sense, we're seeing offers where uh, folks aren't even, uh, they don't even need to see the uh, the property, right? They're looking at the virtual tours and making offers. And, and that's real, Dottie. That's, that's something that's happening today in this marketplace. And I see it every single day, I'm sure, as, as you're seeing it as well. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a very, very interesting market. Um, very, very active. I, I, I can definitely tell you that. I mean, the amount of pre-approvals and um, buyers that are just, you know, just getting themselves ready are astronomical right now, Dottie, which, which is a great sign, right? I think there's, there's going to be a very healthy market. And, you know, we talk about this all the time. Will there be a bubble? Will prices, you know, start to, start to really come down what's going to happen to all all of the buyers that bought in in this environment and i think if you look at the banks you still have to have great credit good down payment um great income so so there won't be a bubble daddy but i do feel that it's a healthy sort of appreciation of value the last two years right so look the recovery period from the pandemic has been has has exceeded expectations and I think real estate is still the safest bet um, when, when thinking about a long-term investment, Dottie. So I just want to emphasize that for our listeners as well. You know, if you're in it for the long haul, um, nine out of ten times, you're, you're, go- you're going to um, at least receive a, a really nice multiple on your investment in real Absolutely. estate, for sure. And just to, to, to hone in on that point, the median, this is the median home sales nationally, okay, Increased by 16% and price asking prices rose by 10% from a year ago. Pending home sales increased by 10%. And then 84% of homes that would under contract had an accepted offer within two weeks of hitting the market. Now that's a national number. I would tell you that in this New York area, it's, it's less than that. So it's not like the old days where you could wander around and not, to, but again, you don't want to pressure yourself and put something down payment and overbid on something that you can't afford. Just do your homework, listen to our show, do your homework, learn what, yep. yeah, learn what you can. Okay. And, and, and Dottie, I just want to Ace. emphasize too. Yeah. Go ahead, Dottie. Go to Ace and make sure, because you see, once you've gone through sitting with the mortgage consultant, seeing what you can afford, and then seeing what you're willing to spend on. In other words, you might be able to afford this, but sitting down, if there's somebody else involved, 
with, okay, we can get this kind of mortgage, but how much discretionary income do we have after that's left? And is that enough to do the things that we want to do? Because, you know, a leading cause of divorce is money. So, you know, everyone lives differently. So those are, you know, those are things I would definitely do ahead and have that conversation, especially if you're buying a home with somebody else. And again, as Ace said, if you're borrowing money from the bank of mom and dad, which, uh, hey, if you're fortunate to have that bank in your pocket, good. Make sure you do that ahead of time because Ace, doesn't the money have to be in the account before they make the offer or send the contract back? It does. There's a certain seasoning period where the money needs to be in the account at least 30 days to 60 days before the transaction. So just make sure if you're, if you're getting a gift from the bank of mom and dad that it's already um, seasoned, it's in the account, and it's ready to go. But, Dottie, I can't emphasize enough, you know, building a dream team and having the right folks be on your side is so important. So talking to a, an, an amazing loan officer, talking to an amazing real estate agent, and last but not least, having a very, very strong attorney on your side um, will definitely make the difference between being ready and um, being competitive and not being ready and not being able to pull the trigger so quickly. And speaking of attorneys, I believe we have Stephen Ebert um, here with us now, Dottie, a little bit early, early uh, before his 11 o'clock. So, Stephen, are you on the show? Yeah, hi, yes, Abe. Hi, Dottie. Good morning. Hi, uh-huh. Stephen. So you've been listening to some of the tips that we've been giving our clients and, and, and sellers and buyers because it's a very competitive market. So kind of what are you telling your your uh, your clients? And now I know you handle the legal end of it, but obviously they, they ask for advice, you know, I know for a lot of different things. Uh, what's your best, what, what, what advice do you give? A- absolutely. And we're going to talk about this also in more detail at the 11 o'clock hour. But, you know, look, one of the other names for a lawyer is a counselor, and we're definitely having to discuss the business side issues. And people definitely need to be prepared for things that move, and one of them is, of course, rates. And, you know, when talking about some of the new rules, you rightly, with laser focus, zoomed in on exactly on rates moving and locking in earlier in the process. We, of course, need to balance that with when the closing date is. And one of the things that we're going to talk about in the 11 o'clock hour is exactly on when is the closing date. And you want to make sure that everyone is in sync with each other, that we have a closing date that works with that rate lock, because really we're at a moment when things are moving and you want to make sure you're not caught flat-footed. Absolutely. And again, I can't emphasize and. And uh, Stephen's on the phone and and the line, and his, you know he's a real real estate attorney. Don't try to use a shortcut and use an attorney that deals in another specialty, okay? Because the market today is tough to navigate, and it could cost you a lot of money when somebody really doesn't know. And I know a lot of people think, oh, what do I, you know, I could just get my son-in-law or somebody, and it costs me a couple of hundred dollars, and I can just get it from. Yeah, but it was going to cost you lots more money if they don't know the intricacies of what's going on today, if they don't put the right things in the contract. So it's really important. And going back to our original uh, talk about being competitive, if the offer is accepted by your buyer, 
by yourself. And they say, okay, we're taking your offer, Ace. We're going to take that offer. If you don't get the contract right away, they can take somebody else's offer because they're allowed to hear deals right through. They're even once they're in contract. So if you, you need to have an attorney that you say to them, listen, are you going to be quick to, to, to get a contract done with them? Because And then if you're a seller, you have to have an attorney like that also. Because if you made an offer and I come in, if Ace has an offer and the people accepted it, but then I come in and I give a better offer or I'm quicker or I have a better down payment, they can knock you out. Until it's in contracts, right? I mean, so so you really have to be quick, and you don't want it to be weeks before you go to contract. If you're having an engineer's report, you need to have that engineer lined up ahead of. So this way, you have to know who he is, and I would ask the real you're working with because they usually know the attorneys. I mean, the appraisers that do that area for, okay. And then the home inspectors, you need to have a home. You need to do that right away. Okay, you need to do that right away because the longer it takes to get to contract, you can lose. So, that's, hello, that's it. Well, I just was, you know, I, I just saying we have to go on and make sure that we are prepared. And that's why this listening to this show is more important than ever. Always was important. But as Ace had said, you're working with a team. So when you're working with a team, if any one of those members doesn't perform properly, that could hurt your chances. So you need to have a good attorney that knows real estate and that specializes in real estate. You need to have that financing person, that bank, that your pre-approval is done, that you sit with them. You need to have that conversation with your spouse or your significant other or somebody if you're buying together and make sure that you know what you can get from the bank, but what you're willing to spend. They're two different numbers. You might be able to get a lot more from the bank you don't want to spend it. You don't want to do that to you. Look, you need to do that. Have your engineer ready to go. And act quickly. You need to go see it, okay, as soon as you can. Um, that's the new rules for real estate today. Okay, so we're going to be back in the second half an hour with our our legal expert who is going to be talking about, Steve is going to be talking about timing your purchase, co-purchasing, and family's assistance when people are helping you. We'll be right back with a lot you want to learn from Steve Eber, our real estate attorney. And remember, it's a short show today. It's 11.30. I'm Dottie Herman. We'll be back right after the commercial break. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. 
It's I on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Love you listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm here with our second hour with our legal our legal expert for I Am Real Estate, Stephen Ebert, a partner of the prestigious real estate law firm, Casson and Casson, and he's going to fill us in on this latest business developments. And uh, hey, Stephen, we were talking before when you were uh, right before the uh, news about timing your purchase and. How long it takes to close a transaction? What are you telling your clients? So what do you? What's your thoughts on that? Hey, Dottie. Good morning again. And you know that's really one of the most important questions going on right now because people really live with a monthly payment, as you and Ace were talking about in the first hour. So one of the first things that we get into is understanding how the closing date process works. And right, it's a little bit different depending upon the kind of property you're buying. Are you buying something under construction? Are you buying a co-op or a condo where you need that board approval or a single family home? So those are some of the considerations. And also we'll talk about in a moment, what does the closing date in the contract really mean? But this is where lenders are not created equal. You know, so many times we think of a bank and, you know, different names and logos, but they're basically the same thing because it's a standardized process, but really not true. I ask that every client talk to their loan officer and find out how long can they lock in the interest rate. Is it for 60 days? Is it for 120 days? And that's really such an important time thing to understand. That certainly is. Uh, And I think that means how long will they hold that interest rate for you? And with rising interest rates, Stephen, what advice would you give your clients on locking in? Yeah, so right now you got to look at the lock-in with the closing date itself. And, you know, the interesting thing is, and keep in mind, in the old days, I mean like a year or two ago, then, you know, banks would be a little bit more flexible because rates were stable if you go over the lock-in period. And right now we're seeing an environment where they're less flexible, and a lot of times if you go over, they charge. So that's very important to understand how they charge. Now, when it comes to timing, um, keep in mind that in New York, you have the opportunity to, quote, reasonably adjourn. So if you sign a contract that says honor about 60-day closing, that doesn't mean if you sign a contract today, you're going to have a closing in mid-April. It might be that your closing goes into May, or if there are title issues, it could even extend further. So one of the other things is also it's important that the attorney really orders a title search early on in the process to see, are there any landmines coming up? Because so many times, and particularly during the refinance boom, you might have had mortgages that weren't satisfied. You might be buying a house, and let's say they don't have a CO 
or a shed or the fences in the wrong spot. And a lot of times, if you look in the fine print, the seller is given the opportunity to extend a closing, maybe even another 60 days past the on or about date. And all of a sudden now, your date that you thought was in April might really be in June, and that could cost a lot of money for your transaction. Right, but Steve, can I ask you a question? Because, you know, basically what you're saying is, you know, obviously when you put a date and it says on or about, give or take 30 days before or give or take 30 days after, it's not on that exact date. And if you're selling something and you have, you know, you have to kind of maneuver that, that could be difficult. Uh, but I usually was told that never a time of the essence which is, you know, that you have to close on that exact day. I was told, and I'm not an attorney, but I was told by a number of attorneys I know, other than rare circumstances, never that, that they, they never want to put that in a contract. Now, what's your thoughts about the time of the essence? Well, the problem is the time of the essence can be both a sword and a shield, and that's and it's exactly right. And, and in a residential contract, you don't see that often. Happens does happen once in a while with unique circumstances, and we can talk about that in a second. But the problem is you can't make it on – a, on a regular resale contract, you're not going to really have it one being one directional. I mean, it's possible, but it'd be very hard to negotiate, and it's not all that realistic. And if you, you put that in there, the risk as a buyer is your deposit is put at risk. If you don't comply with the time is of the essence, then you could lose your deposit, which is typically 10% of the purchase price. And so you got to be very, very careful if you agree to a time of the essence closing date. Um, so they're exactly right. Does that mean that you have to close on that day, correct? Whatever day that you put it. I, again, as Stephen said, you need a real estate attorney and he would advise you on that. But for most residential deals, you don't see it in there. Steve, you were uh, talking about you know, you're, and you're uh, exactly, you're, but One thing gets to fuck close up on that point. You're exactly right. The time of the essence is literally, a, you know, it's a day, it's a time, it's a place, and you better show up. Otherwise, you're putting yourself at risk. Now, obviously, there's, there's follow-up to the process, but if you don't comply, you, you could be in a, in a really risky position. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, but you were, you were talking a little before about um, – if you were purchasing with someone who you're married to or someone who you're not married to, if you're purchasing with somebody, what are some of the rules and advice that you give your clients when you're purchasing with someone other yeah, than we're just seeing you a great, Yeah, we're seeing a great, you know, traditionally, you know, you had that story of a married couple buying their first house together. And while, of course, some of our first time home buyers are married couple, we really see the whole range of situations. We see single people. We see people who are couples but not legally married. And do remember, you know, marriage is a legal status. I know it sounds a little unromantic, but it's not a matter of where the relationship is, either you are or you're not. Or also we see people who are maybe on a second marriage, and they might have kids from different marriages. So we're seeing a rise in really – um, more complicated situations. And you need to understand that the tax law really looks at it as are you married in one economic unit or not? So this is absolutely critical to keep that in mind. Now, when that happens, 
um, you need to understand the tax consequences because people are getting money from different sources. So if you have funds that are coming, let's say, from different family members, like a parent who's trying to help a first-time home buyer, or let's say you're having a couple buy together who's not married, and let's say the ownership is 50-50, but let's say one part of the couple is the more moneyed part of the couple, well, all of a sudden now, you're triggering a potential tax under federal law. And again, this is not a New York law, it's a federal law. There is something called the gift tax. And what happens is when a gift giver gives money, there's a potential tax. Now, there are some exceptions, and these are important, where if you give within, in a certain way or below a certain amount, no tax is triggered. But because of the high cost of real estate, people need to be very, very careful. Now, the current exclusion is $16,500 per person per year, which when you think about the cost of real estate, is not a big number. But the other thing, and this is where everything sort of ties in together, is that if you can take an election and, not, and, and give an excess of that, but what it does is it accounts against the exemption you have for estate taxes when somebody passes on. So what's so important is when you have family members assisting other family members for those first-time buyers because real estate is expensive, you really take a holistic look because there may be other siblings. It may affect an estate plan. And this really gets into a, a bigger issue. You know, so many times people are focused on being pre-qualified from a financial point of view. Um, but they need to also understand, take a look at the legal issues, the tax issues up front before you start searching. Because calling the attorney Monday morning at 9 a.m. after you had an accepted offer at Sunday, we get plenty of those calls. We can definitely help those people. But we can do a lot more, avoid a lot of the extra stress and chaos unnecessarily if we sort of have that planning in advance. Well, actually, then, it's like a mortgage. You know, when we say go to the mortgage person, find your attorney and work with your attorney and tell you, you know, before you actually purchase or find something. So have your attorney in place. Um, but, Steve, let me ask you, talking about that, when you give, if a parent gives and you're, I, what was it, 16500 or something each parent, like a, a family member can gift, if they gift... Let's say a hundred thousand. Who gets? Do they get taxed? Is the person? Well, that, if you don't plan gift, correctly, taxed? the gift giver get pays the tax, not the gift recipient. So it's a great deal for the kid. They get the money. They don't have to think about it. Right. But for the parent who's gifting money, they really need to think about it. Now, on the plus side, is the law allows you to have a multiplier, right? So if you have a father and a mother giving a gift to a child, you get to do 16,500 times two. The other thing about the right. law is it looks at calendar year, not 12-month period. What does that mean? The parents can give a gift on December 30th, 2021, and then give a whole other gift on January 2nd, 2022. They're different tax years. You can do that every tax year. But keep in mind, it's not every 12 months, it's every individual tax year. So if you remember in January, oh, I should have made my gift in December, you, you missed your window. 
Now, the other thing where people get really tripped up and they can have a problem down the road is that if you decide to give an excess of the annual exclusion and you want to reduce what your estate taxes exemption is when you pass on so you don't pay gift tax today, you need to let your accountant know. And there's a form that you have to file that says, I'm giving a gift in excess of the annual exclusion. I'm, I'm documenting it and I'm not responsible for federal gift tax. If you don't file that form with your tax return, if you're audited, you run the risk of having to pay that tax. So with penalties, so very important, very important to do it correctly. Okay, so that's if you co-purchase things. So I would say if you're gifting or want to do that, you need to speak to an attorney like Steve so that you know or your account before you do it so that you know that, you know, what you can do and where you don't have any penalties. But Stephen, what about like, you know, two people, because I see it now a lot. People are really, I mean, always loved real estate, but they're really going crazy where like, Friends, they don't want to live in it. They're buying residential properties, uh, not to flip necessarily, to rent them out because rents are high and they're hoping the appreciation comes by. Now, if two different people are, you know, two different, and I know their credit and everything you look at, what legally uh, do you, are there anything that they should look out for when it's two, you know, two people buying something? I mean, even in divorce, I mean, you, you could... Uh, and well, that in a divorce, it automatically goes to the other spouse if it's if it's bought well, and you're married. Well, but what about with two yeah, people? Yeah, no, correct. When you know, you're absolutely right, and this is one of the biggest risks that I see that people are doing, even bigger than the tax ones, is they're really not thinking it through, right? And again, I'm not a pessimist; I'm an optimist by my nature. But as a lawyer, my job is to think about all the ways things can go wrong. Right. And so when you have two people going in together and they want to either co-invest or co-reside and they don't have any other legal relationship outside of their just friends uh, of some level, they are making a huge mistake not having some documentation as to what happens, because I want to throw a few situations. What happens if two friends or a couple that are, that are not married, decide to buy a place together. And all of a sudden, six months later, the co-owner decides, oh, I want to go back to school because I want to make a career change or I want to move across the country. Well, is the other person stuck with the mortgage and the payments? Do they have to sell it? What, what is the situation? How do you price this? I'll even throw another issue out there before we talk about some solutions is turn back the clock nearly 15 years ago. About that time, we had in the early 2000s, early to mid-2000s, we had a real run-up in real estate investing. And then, of course, we had the big global financial crisis, which did have an effect on real estate prices. And a lot of people learned a very, very sad lesson. They realized that they maybe overextended themselves. They had properties that were underwater. And all of a sudden they had real financial responsibility. And one of the things that I hear, which to this day still surprises me, is that if you buy a property with somebody and you get a mortgage together, you are both on 
the hook. Let me explain what I mean by that. If you buy a property and you have a mortgage, you can't say to the bank, I have always paid my half of the bill, so just go after the co-owner. It's not how it works. The two people, it's up to them to figure out who pays and how. As far as the bank concerns, you're both the owner. You're both responsible if you don't pay. And just because you've paid your half, that's not good enough. The bank will need a full payment each month. Very, very important. And if you're both on the note, it will impact your credit. And so a lot of people learned that very, very harsh lesson where they were willing to pay their half and the other person couldn't pay their half. And they were in this dilemma of what to do and the impact on their credit. So very, very important. There's a few solutions out there. Number one is you could purchase in a business entity like an LLC, a limited liability company, to try to shield that liability, and then you can allocate the percentage interest and obligations. The part of the problem, though, with that is if you're buying a residential property, getting a residential loan with an LLC can be difficult depending upon the type, the exact type, and the loan amount. Some banks have it, but there are some limitations and the rates could be higher. So that's something to consider. The other thing that's out there that we do for clients is something called a TIC, a TIC, a tenant in common agreement. And what happens is even though they might own the property in their individual names, we, we list the obligations of each party and the circumstances where what happens if somebody wants to relocate across the country what do they do and how it's handled and the time to do that is when you're buying the property when everyone's on good terms not the time to do it a year later or two years later so these are some of the solutions out there right it, it, it's complex and everybody that's involved in co you know purchasing something together when it comes to real estate really needs to uh really look at the upsides of it because it all sounds great. I mean, I say to my friends all the time, let's let's all get together and we'll buy some, you know, residential houses. Uh, but again, if you if you if you buy things together and somebody's deadbeat or doesn't pay or somebody says, you know what, you know, I just lost my job, I don't have the money, um, then either you're going to get bad credit uh, or and possibly go into foreclosure if you don't pay. Or you're just going to have to pay it. I mean, so I think you know there's a lot to think about, and you know, and and you certainly should talk to an attorney, and you certainly should have some legal documents to, I don't know how you know to protect you in the best way you can if somebody defaults on it. You know what I'm saying, Steve? Like, yeah, that, I don't know if you can do that. You got that's exactly right. That's, Look, you got to hang in there together, otherwise you're going to hang separately. That that's what happens. So. You really need to plan up front. Make sure that your business partners, and that's exactly who they are. You know, you might be friends that you're investing with, and it's great that you know each other, but everyone needs to understand when we're investing together, even though we're friends, we're business partners. And we need to treat it like a business, like a responsible business, and make sure everyone is aligned with expectations in advance. And look, there are other ways to have a solution. If, let's say, you're working with someone, and let's say their income is a little, you know, 
erratic, right? Let's say somebody who's heavily commissioned or bonused, right? And depending upon the year, they have a great year or a bad year, and it's not consistent. Maybe part of the answer is they put some money in reserve, right? That's a way to help hedge against that risk um, just to make sure within the partners themselves. Um, and also be very careful where if you're co-investing, if people are not similarly situated. What do I mean by that? I've seen cases where two people buy a property together and one of the co-owners will live there and one doesn't. And that's always very tricky because they all of a sudden introduce their housing situation. They might say, oh, I'm giving value by maintaining the property. And it becomes a little fuzzy and a, and a source of really friction between the two owners. So again, be careful when you're co-investing and not all the investors are sitting in the same situation with the investment. All right. So, the, so really think it through, but go to an attorney because there might be something that you just missed or you didn't think about. Um, and that could bite you in the, I won't say it, but that could hurt you somewhere. So you really need to know, as Steve said, that it's a business partner but even business partners, okay, have stuff that goes on. You know, something can happen, somebody can lose their job. So you want to kind of have, uh, speak to an attorney and have, as best you can, cover that. What happens if, what happens if, you, if your business partner got sick and couldn't work anymore and couldn't pay because he didn't have the money? Um, what happens then? And I guess there's a lot of different ways you could do that. But then going to someone like Steve, whether it's a business, whether it's a real estate transaction, whatever it might be, is really a necessity. And I think, Stephen, I find that when people are know each other, they're less, they're less, they're sloppier about that. They kind of like, oh, you know, we're friends, we know each other. So they're not as careful about protecting themselves. I, I agree completely, and they let situations fester. And you know what the thing is? Papering something is really a, a mature and a better way to approach it, and it's not an insult against one, any one of the friends. And you know what the interesting thing is about it? So many times we've had conversations, and it's actually helped the friendship because they say, oh, my goodness, neither one of us ever thought of that issue. And I'm so glad that we figured out a way – to deal with the issue and know how we're going to deal with the issue if it happens up front, as opposed to screaming at each other down the road, which could have not only led to a bad investment and destroy a friendship. So absolutely. And, um, you know, we, I see this time and time again. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of tools out there. And again, I don't want people to be turned off and say, oh, geez, this sounds so complicated. You know, let me just avoid doing it. We're not saying that at all. There are really good strategic opportunities. The key is to prepare, to plan, and be smart about it. You know what I say, Steve, and that's kind of a rule of thumb in my life that I do with everything. Whether it's real estate, whether it's a personal decision I make, what is the worst scenario? Let me look at the worst scenario that can happen. So it's assuming if it was real estate and I was buying it with somebody uh, as, you know, Real estate. What is the worst that can happen if he doesn't pay or that person doesn't live up to their obligation? 
And of course, I would go to Steve and there would be something and I would know the worst scenario. And then once you know the worst scenario, then you either go forward with it or you decide, oh, no, I don't think so. I think we're coming to a close again. Enjoy the weekend. I think it's getting warmer in the Northeast now. We're almost at spring and we'll be back next week. on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. The following sportscast sponsored by Learfield. It's Jim Beheim and Syracuse Basketball on AM 970. The answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.